0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Saturday's edition of this week's Everything Medicare Podcast. And if you've been listening to me for some time, you've been following what's been going on in my life, in my house, then you know that my wife and I have been expecting a baby. She was born Tuesday morning at 3.20 in the morning. Um, She was beautiful. And... Um, Her name is Violet. And so, uh, in honor of her and babies everywhere, I'm going to do something a little different in this week's episode. I'm bringing you this podcast from my home. Normally, we do them from the office, but this is a special occasion. So, I'm doing it from the house, doing it from our home, where I'm going to bring you an episode where we discuss... Babies and how they're covered. It doesn't really have much to do with Medicare, but I think it's a a fun little change up, you know And we'll kind of get back to our regularly scheduled programs starting next week. So Babies in general. So there's two things. I think that a lot of people Most commonly will provide coverage for their babies because babies don't have a car They're not going to get car insurance. Babies don't have a home They don't have home insurance. They don't ever. They don't rent any place. That I mean, the obvious things. You know, they're not. There's a lot of types of insurance that they don't have, but the two types of insurance that babies provide. Well, a lot of parents will put on their babies. Is number one obviously health insurance because that's a necessity. Um, There's two different ways that that can be done, and the second way is. Well, the the second type of insurance, excuse me, is life insurance, and there's a couple different ways to do that as well, and we're going to break into both of them. If this is your first time listening, just know this isn't a regular podcast episode, but I think that you'll enjoy it nonetheless. A lot of you listening, I know, have grandchildren and um, things along that nature, so it's just an interesting Kind of topic that we can talk about, you know, today. And I thought it'd be neat um, to talk about it and break it down in honor of my baby girl, who just was born, um, my first child. Thank you to everybody who's sent us love, support, congratulations, everything. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it, and you're all very, very wonderful, and you're the reason why we do this week after week. If this is your first time listening again, my name is Christian Brindle. I live in Utah. And I'm a Medicare health plan specialist and expert. I own a company called Christian Brindle Insurance Services where we work with people on their Medicare, their Medicaid, their Social Security, and everything that has to do with that golden age called retirement. And essentially, folks, that's what this podcast is about as well. It's supposed to be a guide to kind of help you navigate the maze of Medicare more than anything else because Medicare is my primary focus. I've published two books. have a third coming out next year. Um, about medicare and it's a complicated subject but i've done 56 episodes about medicare well i think i did one about life maybe one about obamacare uh, in in that mix today we're switching it up so we're doing how babies are covered newborn babies and this is something that i just recently have gone through so i thought it'd be a good topic to talk about so first things first Let's talk about something, let's put something into perspective. When babies are first born, they they really don't have an identity yet. What they have at the beginning, in most places, I can at least tell you and attest that this is how it is in Utah, is they have a document from the hospital showing that they were born as proof almost, and then they're going to have footprints from the hospital. It doesn't automatically... Um, generate a social security number for a baby. They don't automatically get a um, birth certificate for a baby. In some states, this might differ. So this might not be a blanket statement. So bear with me if that's the case. But in most places, I think this is the way that it works to my understanding. So essentially, you know, it takes a little time for a social security number and a card to generate for a baby and a birth certificate. And that's pretty much... For most people, what determines their identity, their citizenship, you know, that they're a U.S. citizen and they're a person here in the United States of America. And so it's a little complicated at first being able to cover them. And now, at least in our case, my wife's health insurance, our health insurance, essentially looked at the baby from the time she was born as basically a separate person right off the bat. Now with health insurance, they give you 30 days to add the baby to the health insurance policy. And they, they get them added. It depends on the insurance company, but with our insurance company, they required the footprints and a couple other documentations, but they didn't need the birth certificate or the social security card right off the bat or the social security number. Excuse me. Um, Now, they're probably going to need that later, and most insurance companies will probably request that at some point, but not right off the bat. As long as that baby is added to the health insurance policy, everything that happens in the hospital will backdate, and every health insurance is a little different, so it really varies, but I can tell you how it worked with us. So, on my wife's specific plan, she has a $750 deductible, a $2,500 max out of pocket. So we had met her max out of pocket, but when the baby came out, she had her own deductible and own max out of pocket that was identical. So then we had to meet that max out of pocket. So we had to pay, meet that $750 deductible. We had to meet that $2,500 max out of pocket. We were not quite there yet, but we did get through the deductible with what happened in the hospital you know, for them caring for her, for her staying there for a few days while everybody recovers and so they can give her her shots and whatnot. Basically, the baby is added almost right away, even before they're in the records of the government, if it's done properly. They have 30 days to do this, and then they backdate the coverage, and they'll cover everything. If it's not done within 30 days, you have to pay out-of-pocket as if she wasn't covered. So, Anytime anyone's having a baby, whether it's your, your your kids or you know nephews or nieces, that's something that you can tell them to help them out if they're not exactly quite sure what to do. Now, there's two different types of really health insurance plans a person can have. Most likely is going to be a group plan where um, the employer pays part of the premium, you pay, and, they, and the employee pays part of the premium, and then there's Obamacare marketplace plans where the they're coming from the government, they might get subsidies if they have a low enough income. If not, they probably have to pay quite a bit out of pocket. Just varies. But the rules are standard between the two on this type of subject. Pregnancy and baby delivery is required by the Affordable Health Care Act to be covered by any health insurance. That falls under the Affordable Health Care Act. Medicare does not. Medicare is a separate thing altogether. So that's basically the health insurance side of things, give or take. Now, one thing that is important to keep in mind is the baby, when they're added to the health insurance, is going to have more than one type of bill. They're going to have the hospital bill. Most hospitals have a pediatrician come by If you don't have one picked out for your baby Um, If you have one picked out for your baby Then that pediatrician gets a separate bill Or the hospital has one they might work with They'll have a separate bill And then so on and so forth So it's not just one blanket thing You know, like a lot of times with Medicare plans Whether it be Advantage plans or Medicare supplements It is basically just one bill for most things that you end up seeing. And that's not really the case with Affordable Care Act plans, whether it be a group plan or whether it be a um, Obamacare plan, a marketplace plan. So in segment two, I'm going to talk about life insurance. Stay with me. Don't go anywhere. We're going to have a quick word from this week's sponsor. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for sticking with me on this week's Everything Medicare podcast, and this is Christian Brindle. And this week, we're in honor of my baby girl who was born on Tuesday early in the morning. We're doing this episode about grandkids and babies and how they're covered at the time of birth and different types of insurance. Segment one, we went over health insurance and kind of how that works. Because, you know, how can you add somebody to a health insurance plan when they don't have a social security number yet or birth certificate or anything like that or they're not documented yet in the systems of the government? That Well, we went over that in segment one. This segment, I want to talk about life insurance. So well, there, most people, what they do is when they're going to put life insurance on their kid, it's kind of just a protection thing. Like if anything ever happens to them, God forbid, you know, if anything ever happens to them. But... What I'm going to be doing for my baby, I'll start out there, is I'm going to be putting a burial plan on her just in case I ever need it. It's something that I I hope I never, ever have to use it, but if something is going to happen, it's not going to make a difference. Me 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 purchasing the plan is not going to be the cause of anything happening, so it's a protection thing. It's like protecting anything, you know. Homeowner's insurance, car insurance, you're protecting something. You're protecting something that's precious to you. And in this case, it's a baby. You know, and so I'll give you an example. What I'm going to be doing is Mutual of Omaha has a really good children's whole life policy. Now, we did an episode a couple of weeks ago about life insurance and the different types. But if you missed that episode, to summarize, whole life insurance is basically $30,000 and under basically designed to cover a person's final expenses, like the funeral, if they're cremated, a casket, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So what I'm going to be doing is, and, and remember, before I move on, with whole life insurance, they're going to be having the premiums stay level, they'll never raise, they'll never go up, they will never, the benefits will never go down, so their whole life, they're guaranteed to last your whole life as long as you keep the plan. So, what I'm doing is i'm gonna be picking up this Mutual of Omaha and I'm gonna be putting it on her myself um since I'm licensed with Mutual of Omaha, one of my favorite companies um but i'm gonna be putting that on her myself, probably anywhere between fifteen to twenty thousand. The premiums are incredibly low, probably looking at thirty to fifty sixty seventy dollars a year in premium, and it stays that way until she gets older and she- you can't put that on her I can't put that on her. Until she's 14 days old. So that's basically what we're working with there. So she's 14 days old. That's when she's eligible. The oldest a child can be is 18 years old. And obviously, if they're 5 to 10, 15 to 18, the premiums are going to be more depending on how old they are. So keep that in mind. But in her case, she's a newborn. She's zero years old. So she's going to get the lowest rate possible. And that's just a protection thing. So... That, and then now, there's other ways to do it. You know, there's some people that put a million dollars life insurance on their newborn, you know, and, and there's different types you know, like universal life insurance plans and so on and so forth that a person can choose with that kind of stuff. I think it's kind of overkill, to be completely honest with you. I think a final expense plan is perfect. Usually, I'm not a big proponent on those, especially for people on Medicare, but they're based, the premiums are based on the age you pick them up at. So, when you pick them up for baby, you can get them for, you know, a dollar, two, three dollars a month in premium, you know, um, and it never goes up. I think that's worth it. And then when they turn eighteen, you can decide to keep it. You can decide to end, you know, sign it off to them and they keep it, or you can just get rid of it. But it's protection while they're growing up, you know, protection for the worst. Because as much as I hate to admit it, we live in a bad world. In some aspects, we live in a world where it's unpredictable. A lot of unpredictable things can happen, and insurance is a, the way we can protect things to the best of our abilities. Can't always prevent things, but we can protect things. We can prevent things to a degree, folks. We did a shorter episode this week, so I just wanted to thank you for your patience with me. Um, we'll bring. We'll probably we'll try to have a regular scheduled program for you on Monday. Thank you for everybody who has sent well wishes and prayers and nice kind positive messages to me and while we've been waiting for my baby girl to be born she's beautiful she's lovely um and she is the apple in my eye and so thank you so much and i can't wait to bring you a podcast on monday have a wonderful weekend thanks for listening hope you enjoyed this take care i'll talk with you soon